Hello, everyone, and welcome to Success Shorts. I'm Arul Chanel. Today, we're joined by Clinton Sparks. Clinton is an entrepreneur, investor, executive, author, and a marketing maven, but he's probably best known for being a Grammy-nominated multi-platinum DJ, producer, and songwriter who has partnered with some of music's absolute untouchables. Clinton and I have a lot of fun chatting, and his energy and mindset is absolutely infectious. We explore how his unique mindset has removed barriers that have boxed in others, and if you think this is all about business, you're absolutely wrong, because this all starts with empathy and understanding. I absolutely love this conversation, and I know you're going to as well. So I hope you enjoy our time with the man, Clinton Sparks. Let's go. Hey, Clinton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me here. I'm absolutely thrilled. I've been aware of you throughout the years, and I know you as this really high-energy, high-activity guy. And I'm kind of curious to start things off. You know, We've been living in this lockdown world of COVID, and I'm wondering how that's impacted you and how you've been channeling your energy during this time. Man, I wake up excited every day. You know, I am the guy that changes the energy of the room, especially coming up as a DJ. It's my job to evoke emotion. So I come in and I command the room and take them on a journey of where I want them to go. So, you know, it's part of being a musician and a songwriter and a DJ, which, you know, you just apply that same kind of theory into music and you go into meetings and you just kind of go in there and get everybody excited or get them pumped up or change the emotion of the room if it needs to be changed. But how I keep myself excited, man, is just opportunity, the understanding and the clarity that there are no boundaries and no limits to opportunity and the things that are available for you to do to make yourself have a more enriched life. So every day I wake up excited on how to build and amplify the things I'm working on and how to find other things to help complement what I'm working on and also how I can help others, whether they be strangers that are just trying to find their way or friends or family and how I can just add to their lives and help everybody else win. So that's what gets me excited every day. The understanding that there's no limits and that I can just keep winning and keep doing great things and keep helping others be happy. I think that's a phenomenal mindset to have, especially during this time where we need people like you. We need that DJ in our lives to sometimes shake some of the cobwebs off that are caused by all of these external components, be it COVID, be it the social environment that we find ourselves in. We have elections going on. There's all sorts of things that can kind of bog us down. So to have that DJ in our corner, I think is super important. So thanks for doing that to you and the people that you surround yourself with, because I'm sure that it's not lost on them. Life is pretty much like gambling. And what I mean by that is even when you're having a good run, it's not going to last forever. Or when you're having a bad run, that's not going to last forever. As long as you keep going. That's how I look at life, man. So when I get hit and I get knocked down, I know it's not going to last forever as long as I keep getting back at the table and keep playing another hand. I love that comparison. So moving on from that, but I mean, you've definitely been around and you've had this really incredible career so far. And I mean, you're still so young that it only has room to grow. But beyond just the music component, you are like the epitome of hustle. I mean, you're the CEO and co-founder of Get Familiar Inc. And then you have Get Familiar Tech. 
and you have Xset, which is that lifestyle gaming brand. Xset is the, fast, the fastest growing esports and lifestyle gaming brand in the world. I saw that and I got to dig into that a little bit. And I'm like, holy shit, this is a whole new world that I, quite honestly, I'm not a gamer. So I wasn't aware of that. But that was really fascinating to read about some of the write-ups on that. Prior to that, I was the VP of business development at FaZe Clan, which is the world's largest most recognized brand in esports and gaming. And I was there from the beginning of us building the business out of it. Prior to that, it was uh, a bunch of kids that were just really popular online for trick shooting and gaming and creating content, but they didn't have any business. So we came in there, we built the business, we took it from zero to $240 million valuation and brought in some of the biggest brands, biggest investors, biggest celebrities. And then, you know, we did that for two and a half years. And then me, the president and the head of uh, merchandise and licensing, we all left to start Exit, you know, because we did it. We built something phenomenal at phase already. And then, you know, the it was just differences of, of opinions and different views on things that needed to be done in the esports and gaming world that, you know, we decided to leave and go start something that was more focused on diversity and inclusion and really intersecting different industries and sectors and brands in this industry, because that's what, you know, I've been shaping and shifting culture for over 15 years. So I, I, I clearly understand how to intertwine and collide cultures. So we wanted to do that more without any restraints. So that's what we're doing with Exit, man. So far we're kicking ass. And as you just said, we're, we're in the press every week and we have so many more announcements coming up. I'm excited for the future. That's really great. And you know what? It's always good to have an exit strategy too. I mean, you build something great, get out of there and build something great again. And that seems to be a big part of your MO. Here's one thing that I've, 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 I've said, uh, like last year when I was um, kind of in a heated argument with somebody, I was like, listen, I bring value to this brand. I am the one that can help amplify and uplift the things that we're doing. I am the one that can bring in other things to blow this up. You need me. I don't need you. However, you, without this brand and being connected to it, aren't me. I can leave and I'm still going to win. You need this. I don't. You need me. So like you put yourself into a position where you're never reliant or leaning on something else to make you you or to keep you succeeding or winning. When you build yourself as the value, then you're valuable forever. It's not dependent on something that you're connected to or that you work for or work with. Right. That's a huge point that I think people should really hear is if you identify too much with something outside of yourself, and that's where you get your value from, that, that could be taken away from you real quick, then where do you stand? And that aspirational mindset, that that hustle and that self-worth that you have is amazing. So I'm kind of curious, so where did you develop this mindset? Like, where did this work ethic and hustle, but also self-belief come from initially? We all have our stories of growing up and things that affected us, whether it was trauma or a lack of love or, you know, whatever it was when you were young, that then develops you to become the person that you become. Some people go the right way. Some people go the wrong way. So, you know, my father was an alcoholic and left when we were young and I seen my mother struggle and I was very analytical ever since I was young. I would always watch people, you know, I grew up in tough neighborhoods. So I would, I would analyze everything from like, why does, why is that dude be a dick all the time? Or like, why does my dad not pay child support? Or why is this kid being a bully to that person? Or why is this guy sexually abusing me? So like, I would always question and wonder. And then when I would dive deep into that, since I was young, I would start picking apart people's psychology and realizing the things that happen to them or the tools that they don't have in their toolbox to help them become better or get over things that happened in their past. Because everybody has something that happened in their past, right? Even my dad, for instance, like, when he left, I resented him most of my childhood until my mom sent me with him when I was 15 and I went to live with him. And 
there was this one thing he used to say to me when I would get into trouble and he would say, I didn't raise you that way. And I used to get pissed off. I'd be like, you didn't fucking raise me, dude. You didn't raise me. So, you know, then at 18, we had a huge fight and, you know, I was like, I'm going to be a way better father than you are when I grow up. And he's like, yeah, you'll see da, 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 life happens. So, you know, I didn't talk to him for several years. And after a couple of years went by, you know, I started thinking about him and th- what I'm about to say right now is, is, was the key to me. I figured out the key to life in this moment. So I thought to myself, what happened to my dad when he was young that didn't allow him to be the man that I needed him to be as a father? And when I took the time to care about asking that question, and then even more so looking for the answer, when I realized the answer was he had a a horrible childhood. His dad used to beat the shit out of him and his mom wasn't good to him and he was sexually abused. And then he got sent to Vietnam. And then all these bad things happened to him that made me realize, man, how could he be a good dad at 23 years old with all these things he's carrying around with him. And my resentment turned into empathy. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I felt empathy, I went back to him and I told him, I understand. And we hugged and we've been best friends ever since. And I developed a really strong relationship with my father. But you, if you apply that same theory, whether you have a, you know, a dickhead boss or whether, you know, you're doing a, a business deal with someone, they're being really difficult or you're in a relationship and that person just doesn't communicate the way you need them to. Like everybody's affected by the way that they, they grew up or the influence that they had growing up. And people can change. But guess what's even more important? You can change. And what I mean about you can change is most people will spend their time in, in the aforementioned examples I just gave. People be like, my boss is such a jerk. He doesn't listen when I da 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 da. Or, you know, my girl or my husband, you know, he doesn't listen to me like this. Or that. And it's like, instead of keep trying to knock down brick walls with snowballs, doing the same thing and expecting a different result, you have the power to change. So maybe you should listen differently. Maybe you should communicate differently. When I see people having fights over the same thing over and over again, it drives me crazy because it's, especially if you're in a relationship with somebody, most people will say, well, maybe if you started listening, or maybe if you didn't do this, or maybe if you didn't do, and it's like, dude, you have all the information to win. You know their trigger words. You know how they communicate. You know how they receive your information. You know what bothers them. So really, you're the loser and you're the one that should be looking in the mirror saying you should change because you have all the information. And if you have the tools and you're equipped to understand what's wrong with them and point out the bad in them or the deficiencies that they have in your opinion, then you should be able to do the same thing for yourself. And the moment that you can look at yourself and realize how you are in control of changing this, if you take responsibility for everything that goes wrong, guess what? You can fix everything. Because you assume responsibility. Stop blaming other people. I mean, that's pretty much my rule of thumb. And I know I, that was a lengthy answer, but I was just kind of giving you the mentality of like how I've formed my way of thinking from my youth to come to now and how it's, you know, garnered me tremendous success in, in everything that I do because of my, my mentality and, and the way that I think. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's really, you've just empowered yourself to be the person that takes charge in your own life. You don't allow that person to dictate how that relationship runs. You decided to change within that and to see it through a different lens. That almost in in some ways removes your ego because it allows you different ways to look at how you approach different aspects of your life. And you know that you'll be able to handle it one way or the other instead of trying to look at it through the lens of this person needs to handle this. It's no, I need to handle this. Would you say that's right? You just nailed it. I don't have ego or greed. Right. So none of those are like the two of the biggest enemies in the world. Right. 100%. And, you know, when I was young, when I started becoming, um, when I wanted to become 
the business of Clinton Sparks uh, at an early age. I separated myself from the brand Clinton Sparks. Therefore, I could remove and detach my emotions. So if someone didn't like what I was doing, I didn't take it personally. And if somebody did like what I was doing, it didn't go to my head. So I always looked at myself as the CEO of the brand or the business of Clinton Sparks. And if they didn't like something, then I looked at that as market research. I need to improve on that. And if they did love stuff, then I'm like, great, I need to do more of that. Or I need to find more people that like that. I mean, you know, it really comes down to, to building happy and defending happy. Here's the problem. Like people are like, oh, if I could just find the right girl or guy, like I'd be happy. If I could just make this much money, I'd be happy. If I can get this job, if I can get that car, if I could do, they're always on this never ending quest of finding happy. Cause guess what? Even when you get that car, you're still going to be looking to find more things to make happy. Even when you find that person, there's going to be unhappy times with that person that you thought was going to be happy all the time. So you're constantly looking for happy. I early on have given myself the ability to want something. When I get it, I'm content. Never, ever searching for more or wanting it to be better. Like my wife, right? Are there things that annoy me about her? Of course, there's things that annoy her. Are we ever going to butt heads? Of course, we're going to butt heads. But guess what? She's everything that I wanted. Yeah. So like, guess what? When you get everything you want, sometimes it's also going to come with some things you didn't necessarily want, but you don't worry about that. You just relish in the things that you got that you wanted. Life is so easy. People make it difficult. That's a great point at the end. And as you were saying that, especially you know, about relationships, I, I had the privilege of speaking to uh, Tal Ben-Shahar, who's a happiness psychologist. He made this one comment and it you just reiterated it through what you were just saying. It's like, even though it doesn't feel good, doesn't mean that anything's wrong, you know, and we're going to come across that many, many times, be it in our relationships at work and stuff like that. So if we can kind of harness in on that and get back to why we wanted something to begin with, yes, we, we married this person. Things aren't great right now, but remember why you married them. And all of a sudden you can kind of see through, okay, yeah, we're just going through a little bit of turbulence or whatever it is, or this is annoying right now, but I still totally. love this person to death. Um, totally. I'll give you a perfect example. I got a buddy of mine when I was young, I was homeless and him and his mom used to let me stay at their, their house. And then later on in life, he robbed something from me. And then he ended up unfortunately going on later on and, and getting arrested and did 12 years in jail. And now he's been out for seven years. He called me recently and asked for my help with something he was working on. What he was working on was pretty phenomenal. I was like, why are you calling me now that you're in trouble? Why didn't you call me when this, when you had this like popping? He was like, man, I was just trying to do it on my own and I really wanted to succeed. And then I was going to come back and show you. So I was like, all right, great. Uh, let me figure out how I can help you. Now, my wife is like, who's this guy? Because I've only been with my girl for five years. So she doesn't know the history of my, me and him. Mm -hmm. So she goes, who is he? I go, uh, isn't that the guy that called you when he was in jail? Why are you talking to him? And, and I said, well, because he's a friend of mine. And then she goes, didn't he rob from you when you guys were younger? And I go, yeah. And she goes, oh, I, I would never talk to that guy again. She goes, why do you care about helping him? And I go, because him and his mother, when I was homeless, let me stay at their house. She goes, yeah, but then he robbed from you. And I said, yeah, but I don't let the negative thing that he did now erase the positive thing that he did for me. So, you know, that's just the way that I look at things. Now, some people may say, you know, it can come back and bite you in the ass, but I've done really well in my life with it. And of course, there's been people that have done me wrong throughout my life. And, and I've trusted them too much. But guess what? I, I always prepare and have myself set up so that if somebody does disappoint me or somebody does do me wrong, it didn't affect me. 
because I was already like set up for that failure. And it's part of the plan of succeeding in life. If you don't plan to fail in your plan to success, then you didn't make a proper plan because you're always going to have failures. And if you don't know how to prepare with failure when it happens, then you weren't prepared at all. Right. Yeah, because you can't just prepare for things to go well. So true. Right. Especially when they never went well for you before. How do you even know what that preparation is? You have failed before, so you already know how to prepare for that. Yeah. Just kind of building off of that. So you've had success after success. And obviously there's been failures along the way, but you made the comment that you appreciate what you have when you get it. You're content with it. But you also have this very creative side to you as well that has allowed you to kind of operate in this isn't just a music thing for you. This is an everything for you. How did you actually train your brain to be able to explore outside of the box? Because the box does not apply to you. Like there's no living inside any box. I, I don't think it was a, a training process. I think it was paying attention, caring about other people and their feelings, seeing what's going on in the world and building myself by design. All the answers are right around you if you just pay attention and care enough to look. Most people want to just complain and have you give them the answers. And then even when you give them the answers, they still don't even absorb them enough to keep moving or changing according to the answers that they, was, they appear to be seeking. You know, I, I just always live my life, do the right thing, do good by people, don't be an asshole, and, and communicate well. The, the art of communicating is something that I've practiced throughout my whole entire career. And I would always try to calm the room down or talk people off the edge and give them other options. And, and you know, the art to doing that is really the first thing, even now, like I'm older than like a 17-year-old, right? So somebody my age that's been around for 20 years... A uh, 17 year old could be like, wow, what do you know? You're an old guy. You're a dad. Dad, you don't know. But the second you start the conversation with saying the things that they relate to or the things they care about or what's on their mind, right away they put their guard down because they know you know what you're talking about. You know, I can't tell you how many kids are like, dude, it's like you're in my mind. And I'm like, everything's the same. Every, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, you have to really, really care about people in the world. And everybody else's feelings and way of thinking and respect it too, by the way, like whether you're left or you're right, you know, whether you're a different religion, whether whatever it is, like I respect and appreciate every way of thinking. I've always said, you know, people want to hang around like-minded people because they want their ideas and thoughts endorsed, right? It's why you mm -hmm. hang around with friends that like the same thing, do the same thing. So you can have a conversation halfway through, like, you know what I'm talking about? And they're like, yeah, totally, dude. I love talking to people that don't think like me. Because I already know how to communicate and sell to somebody like me because I'm me. So if I really want to be effective at communicating and getting across to different people and selling things, I need to know how everybody thinks and why they think that way. And it's even more than just knowing you know, what they think and, and why. It's really going deeper. And it goes back to what I was just talking about, understanding their past or where they came from and how they've actually become who they've become. And that comes with caring. I like how you're framing this because it's almost as if like empathy and active listening and being open-minded as you go into any situation. It's not just the recipe for great relationships and understanding and seeing how you can be of service for others, but that same mindset when applied to how you're going to move through life, like you were saying, you, you're doing this by design. It allows you to also see what the universe is providing. Like a lot of times we'll see what's the universe saying to you. And if you're only looking for what you want to hear, that's all you're going to hear. Whereas if you go into it with an open mind, you're going to see far more opportunities. And from what I'm hearing from you, that's how you're seeing these other ventures that you're expanding into is because you approach everything with that mindset. I mean, some people look at it as shit. Other people look at it as fertilizer. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I like that. 
Um, I, if you don't mind, you did. I did listen to one other interview um, that you did, and there was one part that was very touching, and that was you were speaking about how Everclear's father of mine um, really resonated with you because of the lack of relationship that you had for that period with your dad. And you've obviously repaired that. And I'm wondering how is looking back at that time allowed you to pivot into fatherhood and how you approach being a dad with all of these other things going on in the periphery from just the, the busy life that you live? How it made me become a better father is because I never wanted my son or children to feel the way that I felt. Uh, bottom line. And, and that goes with everything. Like, I do not understand or cannot fathom anybody that went through a horrific childhood because their father was an alcoholic or they beat them or their mother was on drugs. And then they go and do the same thing. Like, are you an idiot? Don't you know how much that affected you negatively and how much it hurt your feelings? And now you want to go and do the same thing to somebody else that you supposedly care about? I mean, it's literally the dumbest thing in the world. And as much as I realize that it's a reality and I understand why they did it, I'll never understand why they choose to do it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so that is why I have chosen to be a father. I mean, my biggest goals when I was young wasn't to be rich and famous. It was to be a great dad and make people happy. And I've accomplished both of those and continue to work towards them as if I still haven't won the game. I really appreciate you sharing that. When I heard you tell that story, to me, it, it was very endearing because I had a similar situation with my dad. But the second I had my son, I knew what my purpose was in this world. Right. And I would never let him endure the same thing that I went through. And just to hear you say that and you hear other men saying that, I think it's just something that needs to be called out. And I just want to say thank you for being that type of person. Yeah, thank you for being a good dad as well. Thanks, man. And, you know, I know we're... We're kind of running up, but I did want to end on one note because, I mean, you have so much perspective to offer. You really do. Like, I'm really blown away by your success, by your presence, by your mindset around all this that you've shared throughout our conversation today. So I'm curious, you know, everyone out there has the ability to live a really fulfilling life and to hustle and to succeed and to pursue different dreams. With what you've shared in mind, what would be your takeaway to them as to how they could proceed a little bit more mindfully in these endeavors to become successful while still balancing being that great person that you've been able to exemplify. Don't make excuses, make reasons, make resolutions, make open lanes and go through them. The other thing I would say too, is for those people that since we've been getting this conversation has been really on kind of mentality and psychology. So what I would say is stop letting shit from your past. That wasn't your fault negatively affect you and take that shit off your back. It's not your fault. You didn't cause it. Why are you carrying it around? You're, why? It makes no sense. So like, even like when I was young, I remember my mom was like, you should probably get you know some therapy because this is going to come back and affect you. I'm like, why would it affect me? It already happened. It's over. If I broke my leg when I was 15, I'm not going to cry about it when I'm 35. Remember that time my leg broke? <laughs> I, I broke my leg and healed and shit is over. So the same thing is like with your brain and your heart. You're the one that's holding on to it. You know what I mean? Like it's over. It's the past. And it wasn't your fault. You know what is your fault? Living in it and reliving in it and blaming it and thinking about it and using it as a crutch or an excuse. That's your fault. The action wasn't your fault. 
So, you know, some people will say, man, it's going to be a long journey or, you know, a long road to healing. No, it is not. It is merely a decision that only you can make. And you can make it right now and your entire life will change. As you said earlier, you know, we have a tendency of complicating things. So if we can make the conscious decision to uncomplicate them, be it by detaching with shit from our past or just removing ego and stuff like that, that is that natural creation points for complication. Life could be so much more pleasant and fulfilling. And Clinton, this was great, man. I really appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too, man. Wait, before we go, sure. don't forget, you want to learn more about this. You want to learn how to win big, whether it's in the music business or at life or in relationships. I have a brand new book out. It's called Win Big in the Music Business. It's at winbigandmusic.com. And don't think just because it says music business and you're not into the music business or want to be, that it's not for you because the principles and values that I teach in this book are similar to what we just talked about here. And it's transferable to any industry, including your own personal relationships. It's Win Big in the Music Business. Damon John from Shark Tank, he wrote the foreword for me. And it's available at winbigandmusic.com. Get familiar. That's fantastic. And I think you've proven that it's not about the music business. It's about life. So I look forward to checking that out myself. And Thanks, buddy. You're very welcome. And that's all we have for this episode of Success Shorts. Hopefully you found today's topic useful. And remember, have fun, stay curious, and keep it short. Mm-hmm.